Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Your Equity podcast, where investors, with a special emphasis on couples, begin, continue, and deepen their journey to financial freedom together using the powerful vehicle of real estate investing to do it. And today we have an amazing guest couple on. We have Hannah and Lee Yoder. And just to give you a little bit of background, Lee was practicing as a physical therapist when he realized that his true passion was building his own businesses and started to invest in real estate. He's taken this passion and considerable action to quickly build a portfolio with several small apartment buildings. Lee is the founder and the visionary behind Threefold Real Estate Investing, and he's committed to forging a path that will generate incredible wealth and opportunity for everyone involved in his business, including his investors. His focus is driving the business forward by forging new relationships with top-notch professionals in the real estate world and bringing more partners to invest alongside Threefold Investing. Lee also hosts a new podcast called the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast, which focuses on multifamily real estate investing, while also focusing on pursuing better relationships with family and also looking at the faith side of investing as well, faith-based. And so today we had such a great conversation with the two of them, very organic and very kind of naturally unfolding conversation that started off with them working on a common vision and going all the way from doing single families and getting a reluctant spouse on board and getting mom and dad involved in the first flip and kind of surprising everyone and then going on to duplexes and then 10 plexes and now they just finished their first syndication. It's very, very inspiring that this all happened in the last three to four years. So super cool stuff. That's at least what I took away. What about you? What did you take away from all this? Yeah, it was just such a wonderful, like you said, a wonderful, organic, authentic conversation. And we were just blessed to just be able to speak with such openness and get a really great perspective on what was going on with their home life balance and the conversations that they had together as they were growing together in their business and in their relationship. And what was most insightful for me was that oftentimes the fastest way to the top may not be the best or most efficient way. And so I listened to the end to kind of understand how that unravels. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you there. So without further ado, what we're going to do is bring them on right now. Please enjoy this conversation with Hannah and Lee Yoder. All right. And welcome to the show, you guys. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, doing great. Excited to be on, Derek and Sophie. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Thanks for being on. So let's go ahead and start. What's up in your guys' world right now? What are you guys up to? And then maybe after that, you can talk us through how you started your in real estate investing journey. Yeah, sure. I'll jump in. I mean, what we're up to right now, we just closed on our biggest purchase, our, our biggest multifamily property. We closed on a 45 unit apartment building. Well, two weeks ago tomorrow. So we, we've been really focused on, we use third party property management. So in the weeds that way, but still we're very involved, you know, here early on, because there's a few things we want to do right away. So uh, we've been very involved with that property. And um, yeah, we, we've got another 10 unit that we're actually trying to get ready to sell. So we're doing a little bit there and um, yeah, just always looking for more deals and raising more money so that we can close on more deals. That's got going on now. We also, Anna homeschools our kids. So that's an even bigger undertaking than a 45 unit apartment building. We've got that going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a ton of snow here. Kids were home a lot, you know, missing school. School was canceled, stuff like that. Obviously, we're trying to avoid COVID for our kids so they can stay in school, things like that. So that, that's what we've got going on now. If we go all the way back, we got started in real estate uh, because we were starting a family. Honestly, that, that's what really got us going down this road. 
I'm a physical therapist by trade. Hannah's a nurse. We were both working, but once we had kids, Hannah went PRN, so just as needed as a nurse, so just working here and there when I could stay home or her mom would help us. And I was doing outpatient, so I was working later into the evenings. Um, and once you have kids, you don't want to do stuff like that because you want to be home for dinner time and, and you can't just move dinner back to 7.30 or whatever, you know, when you've got kids. They need to eat, you know, they're kind of on a schedule. And then babies go to bed at 7.30, so I get home after. So, you know, it was then that we started thinking like, what kind of lifestyle do we want to design for our family? For us, that meant just being home more. We wanted to be together. We wanted to, we always say we want to do life together. I end up going into home health physical therapy, which means I get to make my own schedule. And honestly, the hours are really good. Pays just fine, you know, really good. And so that was really good for the family. I mean, I was home every night for dinner, spent a lot of time together, very flexible. So again, like if Hannah worked, I could even like move my patients to the day before and day after. So the only problem was I was just really, really bored. It just is not the type of job I feel like God created me for. It was just honestly like just not fulfilling. It wasn't challenging. It wasn't exciting. I felt like I was like working on an assembly line, like putting nuts and bolts together just all day long. That's kind of the type of job. It's not like that. And it was fulfilling in some ways, but the company I was with actually asked me to come in to the office and be more of a clinical director. And so I kind of jumped at, at that because I wanted more responsibility, more, be more fulfilled at work. I mean, you got to, you know, do it 40 hours a week. Like you want it to be something you enjoy. So I went in and, and then gosh, probably over like six months time, I was doing no physical therapy. I was in the office hundred percent. I was kind of moving more into like a director of operations role. And I was loving that. I mean, I really started to learn more about myself that like, that's what I like doing. I mean, it's hard to know when you go to like come out of high school, right? Like, what, what do you, I don't know what I want to do. So that's what I started to realize, like, this is the kind of stuff I like. So I'm liking work now. It's, it's very challenging. I mean, it, was a, it was a startup company. So very exciting atmosphere. I'm definitely a competitor. And, and so I love the, the energy at work and all that. But now the home life, you know, now we've got two young kids at that point and I'm home a lot less and like no flexibility. Right. So it was like we totally turned the tables. So now work's good and home life's not good. We did that for a while. I mean, we kind of both knew like there's times where you got to work hard, right? And like, you just feel like you have to make sacrifices. And, you know, Hannah was only working a little bit. So like, okay, so I've got to work a lot, right? And that's just kind of how it goes. Finally, a, a buddy of mine who was getting a little bit discontent with his job too, we were building the division together, kind of handed me a book. It was a real estate book, kind of wasn't a very good one, but I kind of got going down that path and read the rich dad, poor dad, so many people. And that started to make me think like, well, maybe I can do something that's challenging and exciting and fulfilling, but also have a good home life. So that's what got us going down the path of, especially me, I, this was like, okay, like we can have it all. I can like be really excited and have good work, but like we can also have a good home life. So we started to think about that transition and eventually made the transition of moving into real estate as a side hustle. And then we worked our way up to doing it. Yeah. So th thank you so much for sharing that story, Lee. That's fantastic. Now, I know that a lot of times when people get started up in real estate, they it just kind of hits them like a ton of bricks, right? We all have these careers going on and we're busy and everything. And then all of a sudden we discover it somehow one way or another, usually on, on accident. And yeah. what I wanted to ask you has more to do, I guess, with your relationship with Hannah too at the time. Because I know both of you guys are really, really working hard. You've got kids at home or maybe you had to... Um, too, yeah. and 
So you guys are both like trying to balance all this together. And then all of a sudden you approach Hannah with this newfound interest in real estate investing, right? Or at least there's been conversations there. Can you guys walk us through what those conversations at home were like in those early days when you first started to learn about what real estate investing could do for you and the family? Well, we had different ideas. Um, Your listeners can't see, but my eyes are just big. And there were lots of tears on my part. (laughs) As far as our risk tolerance, we're at the opposite ends of the spectrum for risk tolerance. Okay. But she was definitely on board with the first part, which was like, so I talked to some people and this is advice I'd have for your listeners that maybe are thinking like, Hey, I'd like to get in real estate, but like, how do you make the jump? A buddy of mine that was doing real estate full-time, he had kind of slowly transitioned from work. And he said, Lee, like, and I think this is so prevalent today. He's like, is there any way you could do your work from home where you would have some more flexibility and you could start real estate as a side hustle? I say that it's prevalent today because a lot of people are finding themselves working from home. And a lot of people are finding, finding themselves with like more flexibility than they thought they'd ever have in their job. Right. So like, he was kind of telling me that, well, with my job at the time, pre-COVID, obviously, that was not an option. So that's when I started to go, okay, well, what if I go back to doing home health physical therapy where I have tons of flexibility? And honestly, the difference too between doing home health physical therapy and what I was doing in the office is just like my capacity. Like that job, the corporate time in the corporate ladder was pretty consuming. I really did not have extra capacity. I mean, I didn't even have enough capacity to like really be a good husband and a good father. So Doing that and doing real estate would have really been detrimental to our marriage and, and to our, our family. So it was like, well, let's go back to the, I hate calling it a boring job, but it, it was to me a little bit compared to what I enjoy doing with real estate. Let's go to that where it's flexible. And then I could do real estate as a side hustle. So I, I set that up because Hannah was like all about that part of it, like going back to the home health, physical therapy, because it's a good job and very good flexibility for the family. In my mind, you know, I was raised where zero risk, you know, you have your savings, your checking, you're just loyal to whatever you went to school for. I mean, to have your doctorate in physical therapy, you know, that we paid money for and like, no, like, that's just what you do. That's what they say you're supposed to do, you know, and I don't like risk. I like things to just be pretty stable and kosher. And so him kind of bringing this up, you know, oh, I just read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And you know, mind blowing and it's what we need to do. And I mean, I think it came out of my mouth at one point. I didn't know that this is who I married, you know, (laughs) of just what are we doing here? So it's taken me, I mean, we've been at this for four and a half years. And I mean, I'm, and we're still journeying through it. It's a lot of give and take on both of us because I'm still who I am. And, you know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I did not have the same reaction. (laughs) And so most people read it and it's kind of like epiphany of, yes, like this is exactly, this makes so much sense to me. I read it and I thought, that makes no sense to me. I'm, I'm the poor dad and I'm okay with that actually. So it's, it's that backfired. (laughs) That didn't work out like I planned. I made, I, I made her read the book. We did this, Brandon Turner, actually, or I think they had somebody on and it was the guy that um, read the one thing, Gary Keller, maybe. I think he and his wife, he and his wife were talking about doing a retreat and Hannah and I kind of copied it a little bit. We had kind of started, but now at the beginning of the year, we do the weekend. Yeah. Like the kids stay with their parents and we have a whole weekend and we kind of kick off the year. And one thing that he had mentioned is that uh, they both make each other read a book. So I picked Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Hannah, and she picked a book for me. It was kind of out of my comfort zone too. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to see, like, you're going to get it. 
you're gonna what are they called like you know have the red pill like you're gonna take the red pill <laughs> it's like no i like i like the, there's benefits yeah. of the poor dad i i, I, I choose that route yeah you guys you're so right on and what i love too about this conversation that's so special is that we're getting to hear like in real time you're describing like what was going on through your minds and the like you said the differences and the conversations that you're having. And it's so vital to our listeners because there's a lot of listeners out there who are starting new couples and they're often, again, not seeing the behind the scenes, right? The conversations that couples and what you mentioned earlier too, like you said, there was like a shift in mindset. Can you speak more to the continuing shifts in mindset? And like from when you first started to this day, like what are some crucial mindset pillars that you both really implemented and that has really paved the way as a foundation for your overall success today? I would say one thing that I feel like stuck from the beginning for me, and I kind of grabbed onto it and it made so much sense the second I heard it, but it was trust equals time plus believable behavior for me. So with him, okay, we, we started off with getting this flip in this crazy flip, like the leaky basement flip, you know, that nobody would have bought. We did fine financially with it, but it was still just a a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of time away from family and just kind of the desires and the goals that we had for our family. And from that kind of like, okay, how am I going to get you on the side to like, understand like where I want to go with this real estate, be on board with me. And I think that was what just kept going through my mind. And I'm like, I think I'm just kind of stuck because I don't truly like trust you yet in it. And I think I just need time and I need to see the believable behavior. Like just keep going with me, you know, like I'm on board. I just have to, it's gotta be a time thing for me. And then over time, you know, the next thing we got was the duplex and that one just went so much smoother. And so I'm like, okay, you know, there's another step. And so, I mean, like I said, it's been over four and a half years of us just baby steps along the way. And I feel like fast forward, I mean, do you have anything in the, in between, like from where we are now, I guess? Yeah, no, I think you're on a good path. I mean, I was just thinking how that with the behavior, we're just two different personalities. It keeps going back to that. Like when I, Hannah hears about real estate, like I just hear about, I'm always focused on the potential. Like I just, I'm optimistic. I see the potential and I grasp onto that. So like, here's the potential in real estate. That's what's going to happen to us. Hannah sees the risks. Yeah, but there's risks that happen with real estate. That's what's going to happen to us. Like right. We're, we're going to be the one, you know, some people will succeed at real estate. For me, it's like, that's us. And some people fail at real estate and it's like, that's going to be us. Yeah. So I mean, it's a comparison that we heard, you know, with when it comes to investing, just money really in general. Yeah. But I looked at it as real estate when I heard it is you either eat well or you sleep well. And at the same time, I mean, we can go. I want to eat well, you know, and I'm like, no, I just want to sleep well. Like I just, like, just, just make everything just go easy so I can just sleep, you know, well at night. We'll sleep when we die. Yeah. (laughs) Very (laughs) different. Very different. (laughs) But as far as where we've kind of come today, I feel like, you know, even just in the past, I would say six months, my big, I guess, mindset shift was we, you know, with these weekends and even in January, you know, having that weekend where we discuss, okay, where do we want our family to go? Like, what's our why like here? And, you know, what's our goals? And okay, so we want some flexibility. We want to be non-segmented, you know, in our family. We don't want our kids to go one way, you know, he's going one way. Like we want to do this as a team, like a unit. And so we both knew that we wanted that. I had to convince myself and I like just through God revealing this to me too, of just, okay, Hannah, you know, he's on board. He's on a ship that's actually taking us there. 
And I'm the one that's still standing on shore and holding, I'm the anchor, you know, that's just keeping him from taking us to where I want to go. And so I had to kind of just get my mindset to a point of, no, Hannah, like you need to get on the ship. Like you need to just jump aboard. And can you imagine what would happen if we were both on the same page and going through it? Granted, there's a lot of still give and take where he has to always see where I am. And that, and that goes with the risk and the, okay, we got to talk about this ahead of time before, you know, I just throw it at Hannah. So that's us growing and getting to know each other. And that's marriage. I mean, that's how God designed it. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, so great, you guys. This is so authentic. And so just want to thank you guys for opening yourselves up to us like that into the audiences out there, because it's really, really good. These are important conversations to hear. And not a lot of people get to hear them from people that are going through the journey right now. So as kind of like a corollary to what you guys were just talking about, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it. How would you say that investing has changed your guys's relationship? Because I know at home, right? You guys have kids at home. I think Hannah, you're still working, correct? Or no, you're, no, you're staying at home. No. Okay. Yep. But staying Lee, home now. Lee, you're still working part-time right from home or are you doing all real estate? Just as of December, I quit totally my W-2 that's, and went full-time. So that's amazing. We are both. Yeah. And so it's amazing and it's very scary. It you is. Very scary. No one's paying us. It's no one's paying us anymore. Scary. So it's all you guys. Now we are responsible for our own income. Yep. That's right. So there's a huge shift in mindset there that like Hannah, you were kind of alluding to that, like, you know, instead of hitching onto like a job that's going to take care of you for many years, you guys have gone all the way to the other end and you've walked together through that. So again, going back to my question. How do you think that this whole real estate experience has transformed not only your relationship, but also your family dynamics too, and maybe what your kids are seeing? What would you say there? For for me as a wife, I would say there's something about when your spouse finds something that just clicks and it's like that God-given talent that you just okay, they found their groove and it's just, they take off and they just, they light up and PT or physical therapy. Like, I mean, he was always really good at it, but it just never really sparked it for him. And then once he got into the real estate stuff, it was just like, okay, wow. Like I never knew this side of you and these numbers and I never knew you could process like this. And so that was super inspiring. Just being able to see that and just feel that satisfaction, his wife of, okay, like this is what God's designed you for. And just to feel good in that. Well, what I was going to say, one thing that um, God has really been like working on with both of us, he brought us together, we believe. And even though we're very different, right? Like, I mean, the whole opposites attract thing, like we believe God brought us together. We were meant for each other, even though like, you know, sometimes I feel like, man, if she loved real estate, imagine what we could do. But what's been really cool is going back to the flip. We started with a flip and it went well financially, but like we just realized very quickly, like, this is just another job. And, but like by my personality, like if Hannah was just like me, I probably would have got like three flips going at the same time. And then like added more, added more. And and I would have been one of those guys that like, you know, a few dozen flips in, okay, wow, this is just another job. This is not investing. Let's go. But it would have taken me that long because I would have just jumped on because God put me with somebody that like forced me to slow down. Like, no, one at a time is enough do this one. And then even after the one, it was like, Hey, but we, you know, we made some good money. Like we didn't know if we we're going to make any money. We did. So that was really successful. It was like, no, let's take a breather. That was really bad. Like that was like just being back at the corporate space. Like what did we really gain? And I'm like, yeah, you know, good point. Like we said, it was like, 
okay, let's go multifamily. Like the whole time I'm listening and learning. So it was almost like, because I'm with a partner that was like, let's go a little slower. Let's be a little more introspective and like, think about what we're doing. We actually like moved quicker in a way. So, you know, just like us giving and taking and me, like also respecting, you know, my wife and, and her wishes and what, you know, the way she wants to lead the family. It was like, okay, let's slow down. Let's think about it. And we did one flip of a single family. We jumped to a duplex. We jumped to a 16 unit. We did a 16, eight and a 10 right back to back. And then we jumped to a 45. So we haven't done that many deals, but we've gone a flip to a, a 45 unit really in three years. And it's, and sometimes I feel like we're not moving very fast. And yet it's like, I'm blown away. I'm blown away with the way God's provided us and led us down. And, but the whole time, it's like a lot of give and take and me feeling like we should be moving so much faster, but really because of Hannah and her wisdom, like we haven't messed around with some of the stuff that actually would have slowed us down. We would have, you know, that whole thing of like, you don't want to be efficient. You want to be effective, right? Like we could have done a lot more deals if, if it was just me leading, but because Hannah was like, let's do less, but let's, let's keep our eye. Like, what's the goal again? Like you, you said, passive income. I thought it was like passive income. This flip didn't feel like passive income. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Let, let's rethink this. You know what I mean? So like, it's just been really cool. And that, that spilled over into our marriage to answer your question, Derek, like for us to really learn about each other, like getting into real estate has really forced us again. Hannah's like, I didn't know I married this. And I'm like, I didn't know I was like this either. You know, I'm just learning this actually. And we're, and that's, what's cool about marriage too. Like you're constantly learning about each other and, and falling in love again, as you learn that it's definitely been a struggle. It's definitely strengthened our marriage too in real estate, but also, you know, at home. Yeah, you guys, such a great answer. And, you know, Lee, as you're talking, like, I can't help but see flashes of myself also coming out in that as well. <laughs> um, just the gratitude for having someone to be able to bounce ideas off of, right? Because sometimes I get exactly what you mean. By slowing down, you go further ahead. Because if, right. if I was left to my own devices, I would just be like the person who is trying to get through a wall by banging my head against it instead of yes. talking to my wife and saying, there's a hammer right here, honey. Why don't you just use that? <laughs> you know, like that, that type of thing. And so you get farther when you have someone else's input, who's able to look at it from a different perspective. And then at the same time, you guys are strengthening your relationship, learning more about yourselves and each other. And so this just seems like the ultimate win-win. And so really inspiring story that you guys have shared with us. And so thank you for doing that and for sharing yeah. all of these personal moments with us, because it's, it's very personal, but also very important for people to listen, to hear that not only is real estate investing or going into business with your spouse in some way, right? Not only is it financially uplifting, but spiritually relationship wise, and also for setting up a legacy for your kids. Cause imagine what your kids are going to watch as you're setting this up, you know, before the moment passes. Well, again, yeah. I, I just want to acknowledge just from what I'm seeing, from what I'm hearing, you guys have such a beautiful synergy and a, a beautiful balance between the two. And it's, it's so lovely and, and refreshing simply because Lee gas, and then maybe Hannah break, but in, in the perfect balance, right. Again, to get to where you are today, can you talk about balance in home life? And um, again, with, with both of you being at home, does balance exist? And if so, how do you guys strike that together? I would say for balance and what, what I've kind of changed with the whole balance in different seasons and everything. And this is how I try to communicate it to our kids too, is that there's just going to be certain seasons that things just don't quite feel balanced, but because we're such a team that, okay, you know what? Like for these 
five months or whatever, like this is Dada's time. Like we're going to really just cheer him on. We're going to do whatever we need to do to support him. And as much as maybe, you know, behind the scenes, I'm like grinning my teeth and just kind of like, this is really hard, but just kind of convincing myself of that. And then also making sure they see that too, that, okay, in this season, this is Dada's time. Maybe next season, we're going to be cheering Hudson on or cheering Emma on, or maybe it's going to be mama season, you know, just kind of keeping that team dynamic up of that we're all in this together and we're working towards the same goals ultimately. Yeah. But also like, I don't miss me. I don't miss breakfast or, or dinner or anything like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. we really will go to bed after this podcast. We go to bed really early. We get up really early and we like to have, I mean, we have a couple hours, two and a half hours, like before the kids get up that we um, get some time together, but we get some time like for prayer on our own um, reading. And then I'll do some work sometimes. And then by the time the kids get up, it's like, this is some sweet time with young kids to, to pour into them. And we get a lot of time together in the morning. That's honestly a lot of my time with, with the kids because Anna sometimes are ready and I have time just with them. And then it's like, okay, now it's time like for me to, to get into work and usually go. Um, sometimes we have lunch together since I'm working from home. Uh, and then, you know, I'm always quitting for dinner and we have dinner and we have some time together in the evening. And then maybe, maybe we jump back into work or something like that just carving out times where like, this is kind of a sacred time. I would just say like, I would encourage people, Hey, while your kids are young, that's when you can work a lot. We've really just feel like that's such a, a precious time for kids. So even though we are getting a business going, we're really still very protective of spending a lot of time with our kids and me, like in a season like this is where I might be working more. I mean, that might mean like I jet off from breakfast a little quicker and not linger so long, but like, I don't miss breakfast with the kids. I don't miss dinner on a regular basis anyway. I mean, almost every day I'm, I'm there for those. And yeah, we're very protective of that as well. Great perspective there. It sounds like to me, you guys have very clear priorities and you guys are following the set of priorities. And so that's one way to be able to maintain your balance and the teamwork aspect that Hannah, you were mentioning, very, very good insights and lots of great things that our listeners can use. So thank you for sharing that again. Okay, let's move on. I want to get more into some of the tactics, right? And some of the methods that you guys are using to purchase these properties together, right? Mm -hmm. You guys live in the Midwest, right? And yep. what type of properties are your target criteria? And, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about, because this was your first syndicated property, yes. first syndicated deal, right? So can you tell us a little bit about the learning curve that you guys went through from doing single families, what your criteria was, and then just give me all the juicy technical details because I love all that stuff. I was just remembering back, like when I started learning about real estate, I'm like, hey, we have a lot of equity in our house. Let's sell our house, you know, and get all that equity and start in real estate. And luckily, I mean, again, Hannah's like, pump the brakes. No, we're not selling our house. We love our house. It's good. This is where we live. We took out a HELOC. Oh, so we used the HELOC instead. So there, hey, right? That's compromising. So we used the HELOC. So um, that's how we did our first flip. Her parents actually kind of became accidental partners with us in that first flip. Again, financially it went well. So they, and again, Hannah comes from the, like the very conservative side. So it was kind of neat because her parents have never done any investing. Her dad has a 401k, but like they have like way too much money, a savings account, in my opinion, <laughs> you know, their house is paid off, like just safe, safe, safe. Right. And so they actually kind of invested with us. And then the duplex, because we had some money from the flip, we kind of just did that on our own. Um, and both of those we bought at an auction. So you do need a lot of cash up front because you have to purchase with cash within 30 days. So uh, the duplex was kind of on our own. Um, and then when we got into multifamily, you know, that was a bigger purchase of 16 units. It was still very cheap because it was run down and we're in the Midwest and stuff like that. But her parents invested with us again. So 
Um, I just say all this, like we just kept it close family and friends on the eight unit. It was just a, um, a good friend from church. He went in, like we put up half, you know, he put up half. So the first few multifamilies, and, and I just say it because like, that's a great way to get started. I believe is like in small multifamilies, get a taste of, of owning rentals, seeing that passive income. And you can do it just with a couple of people and just doing simple joint ventures. It's a very clean, easy way to set it up. You know, you don't need the syndication attorney, stuff like that. So that's kind of how we got started. And then it is different when you level up and you're looking to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, closing on multi-million dollar deals and having to do a syndication. It's a lot more paperwork, a lot more upfront money involved. Obviously you're raising more money. So your circle becomes bigger. So now we're trying to talk to people that aren't just betting on Hannah and I, you know, betting on us as, as people with character and integrity are going to do the right things with their money, betting on our track record, not even just like people will bet on our track record, not just what we've done with real estate, but what we've done in our lives that they know we're hard workers. But now when we're doing this, we're widening our circles to people that don't know us that well. So they can't just bet on our character. They don't really know us. They're betting more on our track record and then the deal that we're presenting. So that's definitely a transition on the type of people you're bringing into the deal and what it takes to get them to kind of buy into you and your vision for that property that you're going to syndicate. Excellent. I love it, you guys. That's fantastic. And so can you talk about like some of the fundamentals or things that you look for? Are you guys looking mainly in your local markets? Maybe can we explore that a little bit? Yeah, we're mostly looking, uh, we, we live between Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. And so far, everything we've bought is around Dayton. You know, Cincinnati compared to like really hot markets is not a hot market, but for what we're used to, it's a pretty hot market. Columbus is pretty hot market, even nationwide. From the flip to the duplex, the multifamily is like, we've just bought everything on the cheap and have some security in that because, you know, know that the rents here, like the comps, like it just, we know we're getting a really good deal. So I have yet to like be able to buy something at a six or seven cap, which is what we'd have to pay to go into Cincinnati and, and get a nice building. Just, I struggle with that. So Dayton is a market that um, doing fine, but there's no big opportunity for a bunch of appreciation. But you, so you can get into a property here in Dayton and cash flow early on and, you know, buy at, at a nine cap even still. So it's hard to find. I mean, you're still looking for off-market properties to be able to do that. Still people selling in Dayton at a six or seven cap. We're looking for properties that are cash flowing. Everybody wants value add, obviously. We're looking for properties that are stable and cash flowing already. And I don't know, 20 to 80 units. I guess one thing I would say, Derek, is when we decided we were kind of ready to level up a little bit and syndicate, I mean, I just was thinking 100 plus units. That's always been the goal. And I just got to a point where I thought there's just too much money chasing 100 plus unit deals. And it's like big money that just frankly doesn't need to see the same return I do guys and girls that have the type of money that says a 4% return in real estate is good because there's so much stability, debt pay down, the depreciation, the amortization that you get, like all the benefits of real estate. If you tell me it's a 4% cash on cash return, that's awesome. I think that's terrible. So I just feel like there's so much money, that kind of money chasing hundred plus unit deals that we thought, let's stay a little smaller. Let's stay 20 to 80 units where that kind of money won't chase these smaller deals. It's not worth it to them, right? They're trying to move millions of dollars. So we feel like we've kind of found a niche for now. I mean, I shouldn't say hopefully, but hopefully when the market crashes someday, like then maybe we can go buy some of those hundred unit apartment buildings that people overpaid for in 2020 and 2021. We'll look back and before the crash or whatever. Um, but for right now, yeah, we're kind of staying in that, you know, I guess I would call it mid-size multifamily. 
from yeah, it. Thank you so much, Lee. I appreciate you doing that because that's exactly what I was looking for, uh, what you guys are looking at targeting these days because you know people that are in your shoes or that are maybe trying to get there, that's really like kind of a guiding light for them to be able to focus on some of their local markets and expand there. So that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. I was going to ask you guys too, now that you guys have seen kind of this journey, you've gone from single family flips to doing duplexes, and now you're doing multifamilies like very, like at the snap of your fingers right now, pretty much at this point. <laughs> no. I know it's not like that, but I'm just you know, <laughs> painting the picture. Yeah. What, what's the vision for you guys in the next three to five years? What's coming up next? Like guys, what's important to you guys? What do you want to focus on? Yeah. Just walk us through what's next for you too. Well, I'm going to start twitching probably when he starts talking. <laughs> She's bracing herself. So we want a thousand units in the next two months. <laughs> no. Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> yes, perfectly reasonable. I mean, between you and me, right? Like it's. Yeah, you know. right. I'll get, yeah, I'll get 500, you get 500, yeah. Eric. And It'll be great. It's going to be great. So the goal I set for this year was to buy three 20 to 80 unit apartment buildings, uh, totaling more than a hundred units. So we want to add hundred units. We plan on probably syndicating all those, but like, for instance, right across the street from the 45 units that we own, there's a 20 unit that we could probably take down and probably just do a joint venture on that one with one or two partners. And, and so we could go back to that model. If it was a smaller one, anything bigger, you know, we would syndicate. So add a few more this year and start because frankly, the goal or the dream I sold Hannah on was the passive income from our rentals will replace my income, my W-2 income, and then I'll quit. Well, that was taking too long. So we sold a couple. So I, I told you we got the 16 unit, the eight unit, and the 10 unit. We still own the 10, but we sold the 16 and the eight unit. And that gave us, because of the market, because of how much value we added, we received a lot from those sales that gave us a cushion for me to go full time. So now we have to do what I said I was originally going to do and replace my income with, with rental. So that's, you know, the 45 unit was the first step in that. But as you know, Derek, like when you syndicate, the cash flow you get as a sponsor really isn't that much. I mean, it's when you refinance or sell that you really start to see, you know, your wealth grow. So we've got to add a few and we've got a few years of a cushion. Um, so, you know, there's not a huge urgency, but if we add a few, like I want to this year, if we can do that over the next few years, we'll definitely um, kind of hit that mark of replacing our income. And so financially through real estate and through mostly syndication, that's what I would say is the goal over the next three years is to achieve that what they would call like level one financial independence, where the passive income that we receive as the sponsors and, and partners in this deal would give us what we would say comfortably, like very comfortably, conservatively covers our expenses and, and then some. Because what you've always said is like, we don't want to just be able to pay our utility bills. Like we want to be able to travel and some things like that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's real estate wise for sure. And then, but obviously family-wise and things like that, we just want to continue on with just doing what we're doing. I mean, it just feels right. Like the, the groove just fits right now. Just the flexibility, having the, the kids home more, they kind of do a hybrid thing right now with school. And it, it just really feels right. We feel like we're on this journey that God has us on and we're going to continue to grow for sure and just get to know each other more. And yeah, it's got design in it. So yeah, a, a couple of quick examples, like last week, Anna's best friend was going through a really difficult time just because of, of the nature of our job, you know, that we, that I work from home, that we can choose our own hours. We went up to be close to her. Actually, my parents lived close to, to her parents. So we were there and I was just working for my parents and we spent the night with my parents a couple different times. Like we traveled multiple times in one week and just, we felt so blessed that we were able to bless her in that way. 
because of how God has provided for us and put us in this job. Yeah. We're trying to kind of teach our kids to this. You've kind of brought that up a couple of times, Derek, and, and they've been out with us to these properties. They've had a lot of fun. They love to play in the closets of the houses we flip. You know, Hannah always says like, she wants them to learn to be risk takers. She's not like, she does want our kids to see that like, hey, it's actually okay to take risks. Like, even if you fail, that's okay. So we're trying to teach them that. But also we're teaching them when we do well, when we feel like God provides us with a win and with some financial wins, like we can bless others through that. So we've started a thing where we put some money to the side and the kids like will decide how we're going to use that to bless others. And they've had a lot of fun with that. So yeah, there's just been some really neat, tangible things here at home that, yeah, our life has really been enriched by this lifestyle that real estate has provided for us. Great, great. Thank you for sharing all of that. I love the fact that you're able to give back. You're able to kind of expand all the other parts of your life in addition to what you're doing right now, not only your financial life, but everything else, like your relationships, your family, your friends, your finances, and then all of that's going to kind of just get you into being a bigger person. And then as you become a bigger person, then more people trust you. And it's just going to be this loop of where as your world expands, then people are going to give you more responsibility and you're going to be able to enjoy more. So I, for one, am really excited to see how that unfolds for you guys. And so I think that that's really, really exciting. So again, you guys are doing fantastic. You're doing phenomenal work. And I really love hearing from you guys and learning from your story because it is pretty inspiring. So thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So I think we're getting to the point in the show right now um, where we can start to wrap things up. But before we do that, we want to do what's called the rapid round. And it's five questions that we ask every guest with or without their spouses. And so each question that's individually targeted, we'll be asking each of you individually what, it, what that's like. And then we'll have one question at the end that is about you two together. So first question is what book has had the biggest impact on you and why? Yeah, I mean, if it was real estate, I would definitely kind of have to go back to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, that's what kicked it off for me. I do always talk about the compound effect because that's not the way I'm wired. Like the compound effect talks about like how you have to do all these little actions and you'll see, you may see like no results, but building up all this momentum. And then you see this exponential growth. And I feel like that's such a perfect picture of what syndicating an apartment is like, or just buying a big multifamily because it takes forever to find one. And then it takes forever to like find a good one and get through the inspection and raise all the money. And then all of a sudden we went from added 45 units. Like it was a huge leap for us, but it took us so long to get there. And that's really hard. For me. I like probably built more for like maybe flipping, you know, where like you can like just be active every day and flipping all these houses. So uh, that one was really good for me to realize like that's how it works more often is that exponential right there. Yeah. I think because this is so relationship based, I feel like the one that I have to mention would be the Road Back to You yeah, by sure. Suzanne Stabile. It's an Enneagram book for us. It just opened our eyes to how we are both wired and just kind of allowing us to give each other more grace for the way that we're wired. And yeah. through this real estate process, there has been numerous times that we can point back and be like, that's because you're a seven or that's because you're a six, you know, and it's just, it helps us just to understand and put some words to why we act and say the things that we do sometimes. So that would probably be the best one. I yeah, think there's that so many times we're like, oh, it's not your fault that you're like that. Right, that's how it's you're just wired. your number, yeah. right? <laughs> it is true. I mean, it is true. There's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, I think yeah. we did do that, didn't we? Can you repeat the name of the book again? It's Suzanne Stabile and the road back to you. Yeah. The road back Ian's, to you. Ian's. Yeah. Read that book. I'm telling you, it'll be such a light bulb moment. 
Great. Yeah. Thank you. So next question is if people wanted to be just like you, what is the first actionable thing they could do to follow in your footsteps? I just have to say like, not everybody's at this place, but for Hannah and I, uh, Jesus Christ is at the center of our relationship. And so it all comes back to that for us. None of this would work without that. Like we pray together. So we always come back to that because it is difficult. Like I always think like marriage is tough just because it's just tough to live with someone. Being an entrepreneur is tough because like, again, we are wired like completely differently. So if we didn't have that to come back to, this wouldn't work. That's where it would have to start. And, and I guess that was an option for you. Like you have to just talk and, and get on the same page. It, it's got to start there. And for us, it comes back to, again, because I always like the, what I was, God always puts on my heart is we like, I made you to serve Hannah. Like that's your job as a man, as a husband is to serve Hannah and serve her well. So when I feel like I just want to bulldoze ahead and, and drag her behind me, like that's what God speaks to me. And I think, you know, vice versa for Hannah, like, Hey, I made him to run like an idiot out in front and make mistakes. So like, you got to let them go sometimes and like, you know, just pump the brakes sometimes. So you'd have to start there, I think. I would say the same. I would say Jesus for sure. For for me as a wife, I would say, um, is just, I kind of got to a point to where I didn't necessarily feel like I had to get to the point of 100% trusting him. He's going to make mistakes, um, it, but more or less trusting that he is turning to God and praying to God and, and he's a God-fearing man and that God is leading him and I'm just need to trust God through that, so. I love it. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. <laughs> and the next question is, what small thing do most people not know about you? We're like mini farmers. I think that's something weird about us. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah. I grew up on a farm. I mean, my dad like stopped farming when I was six. So like, I mean, we had tractors and stuff, but I wasn't like farming. We had cows, took them to fair, but Hannah grew up in the city, but like as a farm girl at heart, so we only have four and a half acres right now. We, we have chickens. That's really the only animal we've had. We've had them for a few years. Lots I, I, of gardens. Yeah, right? Hannah's a big time gardener. But yeah, we kind of live in the country and like we want more land. Like to us, having wealth would mean not having like a big house, but having, I mean, like a hundred acres. We're and having, old souls. having more animals. Yeah, we, we, we are like old school. We like the little house on the prairie life. We like records. Camping, just, we love to yes, camp. Yes, being outside. I mean, just kind of old souls. Our kids are the same exact way. So We burn firewood all through the winter. That's like how we, we have a fire going constantly. Oh, just because, I mean, it doesn't save you money. There's no money <laughs> saving there. It's, it's, it's not I'll a lot. We just like, we like having a fire. I like making the kids stack the wood. And uh, Oh, man. That's so cool, you guys. You would love it here in California where people live on 3,000 square foot lots. And you would love I that. I would never right? survive. I think it's less than a quarter of an acre is what is where we're located right now. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen that documentary, The Biggest Little Farm? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I love, love that love. documentary. Oh, yeah. It was such a good one. Yeah. Yes. I like I like stalked every theater to try to find it. And in the Midwest, it was only at this tiny little hole in the wall theater which was like a perfect theater for that oh movie. i loved it yeah. oh i we loved had a date night. It. yeah it was a date night for us it was a big deal it was like the that. night that it came out i just so i cool. i loved i love the whole idea of it I yeah mean, what an incredible like way to live right oh yes, yeah. yes yes i couldn't i couldn't have gone that far i'm not quite there but <laughs> I mean, talk about taking a risk idea. that that was an investment yeah, that was yeah. that was an investment and also they went um, big a test of faith too, because that guy mm -hmm. who's like, oh, you just got to trust that the ecosystem is going to take over. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to happen. Like seven years. And yeah, oh, seven my years. keep waiting. Yeah. But yeah. And then also, man, to be able to go back to a movie theater again, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't, know the old like, days. I don't know what it's like over there with you guys, but here in California on the West Coast, it's like, it's like just now starting to come back, I think. So I don't know how long, I know my parents live in Colorado and for them, it's been almost as if like, you know, nothing's changed for a lot of stuff, but yeah, for us, it's like, it's now just now starting almost a year of not even having all that. <laughs> okay. So next question is how do you guys as individuals like to unwind and restore your creative juices? For me, I do like to exercise, probably not as much as Hannah, but that I'm a big sports guy. So football's on. I, I love to watch football. I mean, we don't really watch much TV, but during football season, I watch a lot of football. So that's the one thing. Honestly, I do like to work. I guess like one way I like to split firewood. I like to cut down trees and, and cut up firewood, um, doing stuff like that. And that's just for me, it's kind of like this exercise, but also work like whenever I can mix that. And then when I can have the kids do it with me and feel like I'm, I'm working and exercising and spending time with the kids, that's like Nirvana for me. Awesome. <laughs> I'm like crossing off all, checking off all these boxes at the same time. Who's your team? Oh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, it's college. College, college football, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bengals, the Bengals for, for pro football, they're not there very good. Go. So we'll go with the Buckeyes. <laughs> there you go. And Hannah? Wood cutting. Like I was going to say, he's going to hate me for saying it, but that is his time where he practices like all of his speeches and his podcasts. Oh, and like, so we'll be like standing like where he can't see us and you'll just see him just mouthing and talking. And that's his That's time. super that's cool. That's cool. That's normal. That's <laughs> normal to talk to yourself. <laughs> for yeah. how I unwind. I'm a uh, walking nature that that's 100% gardening, stuff like that. But I'm also a thrifter. So I like to kind of redo furniture and things like that. It's kind of been more on hold, um, but I definitely have that kind of creative side, but with little kids make it a little bit harder. So one of these days I'll get back into it, but it's definitely something that kind of, yeah, gets those creative juices going. Awesome. And then last question is, is there something special that uh, you and your family like to do together? I would say, just, I mean, definitely traveling and camping. We actually, I always forget that we did a flip last spring, right around COVID time. Like we sold like right into the first month of COVID and thought like COVID hit, it was like, we're not gonna be able to sell this house. We didn't know like housing would just go on a tear right through COVID. But so we ended up selling our kind of like reward, you know, to reward ourselves and the kids. Cause they, they were out there a lot with us on that one. Cause we were like freaked out about COVID and felt like we had to get it done right away. Cause everything was gonna be shut down and all that, you know, it didn't really happen like that. But we rented an RV and went down to the Smoky Mountains and, um, and that was a really fun trip. And then we've done some other camping, but I think probably what it would be for me. I would say definitely camping, traveling, being outdoors, bike riding. Yeah, that's kind of, like I said, we're kind of outdoorsy people. Yeah. We're kind of old souls. When it comes to yeah, we see a lot of us and you guys as well. I don't know. I'm, I speak for myself when I say that I'm a very old soul. Yes. And she doesn't hesitate to remind me of that many times, yeah. too. Less <laughs> old soul, more old man. No. <laughs> <laughs> right all right cool thank you guys for coming on the show i'm just going to go ahead and also give you guys a platform to tell the listeners out there how they can get more involved with you and learn more about what you guys do so i'll let you take it away now we've gotten more active a little more active on facebook and linkedin kind of sharing a little bit about uh what's going on with us and we, we sprinkle the family in there a little bit because that is part of it for us we have a website threefold rei.com you can email us at info at threefoldrei.com. Just recently got together a, um, an ebook. We're calling it Five Steps to Passive Income for the Full-Time Dad. My partner and I have put it together, so we're kind of focusing on dads, but it, the idea is like really just family man, but for the family, 
how can you create passive income? And they're like, I'll probably just like copyright a bunch of stuff from your book. Hopefully that's okay. (laughs) It's kind of that same idea. Like you don't have to jump full time in like, like we did again, this is like definitely, I feel like where God created me to be, but if you've got a good job and stuff, we really believe in multifamily investing, just like you guys do. And like for the full-time dad and and for the family that you want some extra income, like you want to be able to go on vacations. You don't want to just, Hey, I want to have more time at home and, but I'm with making nothing. Like most people aren't okay with that. They still want to make good money. We believe like investing in, and multifamily can put your money to work for you to increase your income without increasing time because working more at work, getting a promotion just means more responsibility, more time. So yes, you'll make more money, but you'll also be away from your family more. The goal for us individually, what we want to invite others into is putting your money to work for you so you can increase your income without increasing your time. You get to spend a lot of time with your family, but you also have enough to do some of the things the education that you want to put your kid through or whatever, go on vacation, stuff like that. So we'd love for people to check that out uh, on our website. Yeah, absolutely. And I must also mention too, that you guys have some pretty amazing guests on your podcast as well. You have your own podcast. Where can they find out about that? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. So we call that the the threefold real estate investing podcast. Yeah, I've had great guests like you, Derek. Uh, That was a very well listened to episode. And the idea there, we, we do talk multifamily investing. It's definitely the focus. Uh, that's really what we believe is like the best vehicle. Uh, but then kind of toward the end of, of each episode, we really try to dig in like, okay, Derek, like you're getting into multifamily investing. How's that going to affect your family? Like, what's the goal there? You know, if, if you don't already have that going, you know, for us, how is it affecting your family? Faith, how's your faith intertwined with that? Because that's so important to us. Uh, because if you get into real estate investing, if, if we say like, hey, multifamily investing, you're gonna make all this money but also you're going to spend a bunch of time away from your family. For us, that's like, that's, then it's no good. Yeah. Um, so we want to bring people on and say, you've had some success in real estate, but has it been good for your family? Because if not, then for us, that way we would say that's not a, that's not a success. Uh, so we talk about that. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for mentioning that. We've had a lot of fun with the podcast. Excellent. Yeah, no, fantastic. So thank you guys again. We really enjoyed having you on. It's been fantastic. And I've learned so much from you guys. And I'm sure the listeners out there have taken away a lot of this. And thank you guys for being so open with your guys' story. Because again, this will be really great for people to listen to no matter where they are in, in their journey. And to be able to share this podcast with your kids or with yourselves later <laughs> on and to say, man, those were the simpler days. Now you guys are going to be like out in the future, you're going to be doing hundreds of units and doing syndications at the turn of a dime. And it's just going to be <laughs> really, really fun times looking back on this. So just enjoy them because all this struggle is real, but we do it because we do the things that we love. And we're looking forward to having you on uh, after you guys completely build out as this massive empire. We're excited to see that. So for those of you listeners out there, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Uh, Please feel free to visit us on elevateequity.org. Please, wherever you're listening to this podcast, like and subscribe so that the algorithm gods can push us up to the top so more people can listen to all this great goodness that's out there. And so we really appreciate you sticking with us. Thank you so much. And so this is Derek. And this is Sophie. Signing off. All right. Have a good one, you guys. Take care.